The Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. content and interwebula stratosphere am i right uh yep <laughs> i'm joined here by my co-hosts kara tressa and wasika and it's been a minute since we've had wazi on um so we're really happy to have her we did invite uh sheena on also known as panda to come on because nick decided to take off the last minute uh but that's cool hope he feels better wazi do you want to give us any updates any updates at all no honestly i've just been Working, 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 and that's the only thing I've been doing. Um, I'm very proud of myself. I went out more than twice because I usually work only able to afford one. Hour. So I guess that's not that I think the I think you're a little bit far from the mic because it's cutting in and out because I think it's probably thinking your voice might be background noise. So maybe get a little closer. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, that's good. Okay. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Kara, Tressa, you have any any updates? Anything going on? No? No? Work. Put a savage race this weekend. Oh, nice. Tressa, I gotta tell you, I really love that poster. The I want to believe. I think I really want to This is buy. actually a fake back background of Fox Mulder's desk. Oh, God damn it. I was going to say, it's X-Files. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Got him. Got him. Yes. I was here thinking you were the coolest cat on the block, but that's not No, me. I am. But she picked this background, which is pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm still going to buy that poster. I'm going to do it. I don't know when. <laughs> but you know what? I bet they have it at Five Below. Just go Five Below. I bet. Five Below is a nice <laughs> store. I like that store. Dark Templar says Frank got duped. That's true. I, I, I do fall for things. Also, we got Doug in tonight, who we mentioned last week. Thanks for dropping in, Doug. And I know we got Wild for Tour 2. Let me see. What what drop? Do I got drops for everybody here? Let me see. Do, do, do. Doug? Doug. <laughs> Wild Flare. And then I don't think I've got the Templar drop. Sorry about that. Anyway, so um, other announcements tonight. The big topic of the night is going to be UFOs and other paranormal things in Lafayette, Oregon. Now, we do have a guest tonight, and uh, she's going to be coming on here shortly. And I, on purpose, do not really look into the hometown horror things. This is our third attempt. Wazi, you may or may not know this. We've tried two other times to have Hometown Horror, and both guests bailed out on us at the last minute. With last week's guest, like, saying, like, just ghosting us, like, 
probably like five minutes before the show. Because ten minutes before the show, he was super hyped about it. Ah, I feel like I got held up for a date. I feel like I need to see what days this was and see what sign the moon was in, just to it see was, what type was, of fuck shit it was happening. A week from, it was a week from yesterday. Or no, a week from today. Last week. Okay. Well, I can find out what was happening. Also, if anybody... I about that nonetheless. If anybody watches our uh, friend Stormfrog in his stream, he's out in Scotland, so we wish him happy travels, and uh, hopefully he'll bring back some nice little souvenirs for his sister Paige. Because she's apparently given him a list. So, with that said, she's also streaming on her channel if you want to go check her out. That's Paige Senpai on Twitch. Okay, so. What else would I, did I want to discuss? Next week. Whose topic is it next week? Let's give a quick update on what we can look forward to next week. Anybody? Does anybody know offhand? Let's find I out together. My topic is the week of the 8th. Yeah, why don't you talk about your topic? I try to I try to give the update on what that was last week, and I, I didn't know how to pronounce it. Do you actually remember what my own topic was? You know, it's been so long that I actually don't even know what my... I don't even you remember what I said. You said the Chetleham ghost? The Chentleham? The Gentleham oh. ghost. Okay, hold on. I have my notes pulled up here for that one. I apologize for that. Like, I've been working so much that my brain is, like, absolutely scrambled. Next week, which is the first, it's going to be a really special day, and here's why, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm actually going to take the night off. I'm taking the show off next week on the first. It's a very special day. Uh, Congratulations. Thanks. Wait, what? (laughs) On on my day off from the podcast? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'll be taking the night off, and uh, Mick will be not only producing it, but Mick will be running the topic, which will be the Goatman's Bridge in Denton, Texas. And I know we invited Mick's mom and stepdad on. I don't know if they've accepted to be on the show. It could be cool if they come on, and I think if they did it, they'd have a blast. But uh, outside of that, after that, We've got Wazzy's topic. Do you remember this gentle ham ghost? No, I need to find my... I know my notes. I've done notes for it. I just have to find them. Okay. So I will get back to you. Okay, and then after that, which is the week of the 22nd, we've got... uh, Actually, the week of the 15th is after that, and that is Tressa's topic, which is the Chicago O'Hare Mothman. That's right. I'm looking forward to that one, personally. That one seems awesome. It's going to be good. I've been doing some research. It's really fun. I heard the Mothman is around at this time of year. So this is his hour. And then uh, after that, which is the week of the 22nd, we've got Leia. She hasn't decided her topic yet, but uh, hopefully she'll give us something good. She gives us some really good topics. I've noticed with Leia, excuse me, I've noticed with Leia, a lot of her topics are like nautical things, like, like mermaids and ghost ships and stuff like that. So that's really interesting to me. We'll see what she comes up with. And then after that, we've got uh, the Conover Haunted Piano Factory with Kara. So that'll be really fun, yeah. too. Looking forward to that one. We got a really good August coming up. And who knows what Wazi and uh, what Wazi and Leia will bring in. Hopefully something nice. And again, what's really cool is now we got Shayna to help us out with any research that we might need. So that's awesome. She's also, Shayna also already, as of today, we've got two topics in the pocket for a rainy day should anything happen where we need one so do you guys feel like you want to get into tonight should we bring in yeah a guest? should we bring in let's a guest? do it 
Okay, I'm gonna give the green light. I'm nervous. <laughs> Somebody say this something. Is a, this is the first day kind of vibes. <laughs> okay. All right, I gave the green light for the guest. Doug, I know you're in the chat tonight. Doug, we're happy to have you back. We'd like to know what kind of update you can give us. What have you been up to? We'd love to hear it. Please let us know. I'm gonna put this nice little topic thing here. Made a nice little animation if you guys want to check out the stream. Hope you like it. It's right in between Wazi and myself. Looks like our guest is Ooh. connecting. Ooh. Hello? Hi! Oh! We can hear you. Wonderful. So, first things first, let's, we're going to introduce ourselves. We've got, I don't know how the screen is here on your side, but here we've got, maybe I'm not pointing to her, but it's Kara, Tressa, Wazi, and you. <laughs> how would you like us to call you? I know your first name, but I'm not sure if you want to go by your handle or not. Um, my name is Kimberly, so I either go by Kimberly or Kay, whichever okay. one works. Wonderful. So, really excited about tonight. One of the, one of the things that I wanted to let you know is, uh, I don't know if we talked about this in our short um, contact with each other, but we have a huge audience out in your neck of the woods. Like our biggest audience oh. you think would be in Illinois because we're like Chicago based. Okay. But actually we have like the biggest audience in Portland and Seattle for some reason. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, tell us about your hometown. I'm going to put some nice music on and we'll get right into it. Yeah, so I grew up in Lafayette, Oregon. Um, that town is about 40 minutes south of Portland. So hopefully there's some listeners in the area that know um, kind of the town I'm talking about. It's a very small town. Even now, we only have a population of about 4,000. So very small. Um and even though it's a really small town, we have one of the most famous cemeteries in the whole state um, and one of the most haunted cemeteries in the whole state. We attract um, ghost adventures and different paranormal investigators from all over the United States come to this tiny little cemetery. Um, so do you just want me to go into the whole story about yeah, it? Yeah, just tell us, uh, you know, maybe some of the things that you experienced. For I don't know if you want to tell us sort of chronologically or maybe you want to tell us based on importance or what you feel to be the most serious. But uh, anything you can give us, the floor is completely yours. This whole hour is yours. Okay. Um, well, so growing up here, I heard a lot about the curse on Lafayette. So it's a Supposedly, there's a curse on the entire town um, put on the town by a witch is what I heard growing up. That the entire town is going to burn down three times. I remember growing up, um, sometimes you'd wake up and you'd be walking to school and there would be chalk or paint X's that people had put on houses. And that was supposed to be a mark of the witch was going to burn down your house. So we had some teenagers causing trouble when I was growing up and kind of made people nervous about arson. Um, so I started looking into where that whole story comes from, and it turns out it was not a witch at all. 
So what happened was um, in 1885, a family moved to Lafayette from another part of Oregon. Um, It consisted of a mom named Anna, a son named Richard. He was in his mid to late 20s at the time, and his wife, um, Julia. So they moved here in 1885. Richard didn't seek regular employment, so nobody was really sure how he was making money for his family. But before they moved, there really was no crime in town. After he arrived, the crime spiked. So the sheriff was pretty certain this guy was making his money through robberies. Um, People didn't really like him. He liked to go around and talk about how it would be really easy to do all these crimes. And one day they over a couple people overheard him talking about how easy it would be to rob this particular man who owned a hardware store. Um, his name was David Corker, and he was a bachelor. He lived by himself and worked in the store by himself, and he was very hard of hearing. Um, so Richard was kind of bragging how easy it would be to rob him. On... Um, November 1st, David was found dead in his house, which was located behind the hardware store. Um, It was pretty gruesome. He was bludgeoned to death with an axe, and nobody really knew exactly for sure who did it, but the sheriff immediately suspected that it was Richard. Um, So the sheriff went right to his house, and brought him in for questioning. Richard, of course, was like, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. His mom and his wife both said it wasn't him. They had different alibis for him. His He had an alibi, but his alibi kept changing. Um, and they didn't have a lot of hard evidence. Most of their evidence was circumstantial and just hearsay about what he had been saying and be really easy to rob this guy. Um, The only thing that they did have was a bloody shirt and a bloody piece of paper. Um, But, you know, he had excuses for that. It was a hog that I slaughtered. My kid fell down and scraped their arm and there's blood on it. And at one point even accused the sheriff of soaking the shirt in Corker's blood and frame me, trying to frame him. So then he was saying, I think you did it, Sheriff. It wasn't me. What's Corker's blood? Oh, the, the guy that was murdered. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought for a moment. Oh. I was like, what is that? Is that like a craft blood? It's a material. I missed that part. <laughs> no, he, he claimed that the sheriff had dipped it in the, the gentleman who was murdered blood and planted it because he didn't like Richard. Um, and, you know, back then, late 1800s, they don't have DNA, they can't match blood. So, you know, he can say that it was from a hog that he slaughtered and they have no proof. Um, he also had a toolkit in his possession that could have been used to break into um, David's apartment. But again, they really didn't have any concrete evidence. So... They booked him just on circumstantial evidence, 
And throughout the trial, he changed his alibi multiple times and also just had a really bad attitude. Anytime he was brought in for questioning during the trial, he was very standoffish, very snotty, very rude to everyone in the room, including the jury. They ended up convicting him of first degree murder on April 9th of the next year. Um, and the judge sentenced him to be hung and set his execution date for the 29th of June. And when the judge signed the papers and handed them to the sheriff, the sheriff looked at him and it said he was to be hanged on the 2nd of June. And so um, Richard was like, you told me the 29th and you wrote the 2nd, so I should be acquitted you can't hang me. And the judge and the sheriff were like, okay, yeah, you're right. But no, that's not how it works. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, well, I should at least get a retrial. So they took it to the Supreme court of Oregon and the judge at the Supreme court looked at it and said, yeah, you know, we made this clerical error, but it's not enough to acquit you and you're not going to get a new trial. We'll fix it, but you're going to get a new execution date set. Oof. So they ended up setting a new execution date all the way in November. So on November 11th, they took him to the gallows and um, his last words were, um, he screamed murder. And then he said, may God judge you all. They put the black bag over his head, dropped the platform out from underneath him, and um, the knot in his noose slipped over his chin, and he was suffocated for 18 minutes before he died. Wow. That's... Really awful. The people that were in attendance said that it was one of the most horrific things that they had seen, and... From then on, they were trying to find other ways to uh, execute, take care of people <laughs> that wouldn't happen again. Um, That's so wild. Like the, the crowd's like, you know, yeah, if someone was being killed, that's fine. But the way he died, yeah. messed up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you I mean, guys see murder a lot? Or not murder, but do you guys see capital punishment to death all the time? Yeah. I know, but they that's would. crazy that they're just like, no, but this was over the top. It's yeah. crazy. I, yeah. I always thought growing up as a kid that if you're hung, I thought it's because they strangle you. I thought it was to deprive you of error. I didn't know that the actual killing came from snapping your neck, which is the mm -hmm. plan. I think it can be either or. I don't know. In this case, definitely he's strangled. Well, the bull is snapping. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know that it was snapping as a kid. I thought it was just you're you're hanging until you're suffocating to death. But wow, yeah. that that's got to be really gruesome because even the sounds a person makes as they're suffocating is just like you never want to hear those. No, Ugh. and yeah, their their goal was to snap the neck when he dropped, but neck didn't snap because of the way that the knot had slid over his chin, and he, I mean, eighteen minutes is a long time. So, um, and while that was happening, his mother was not directly in the crowd, but she was kind of on the outskirts, um, 
watching this happen to her son. And so at that point, she cried out that Lafayette was going to burn and never prosper. Um, She had been accused of being a gypsy, but she had never been accused of being a witch. But that's kind of where the the curse of the witch comes from. Um, And coincidentally, I, I think it's kind of funny, back then, Lafayette was founded in 1846. It's a very old town. And at the time, it was a, a main town. I mean, a lot of judicial power was, was held in Lafayette. The sheriff mainly resided in Lafayette. And the neighboring town, McMinnville, was very small. Not long after this happened, McMinnville far surpassed Lafayette, they took over a lot of that judicial control. Um, And like I said, even today, the population of Lafayette is about 4,000. McMinnville is over 30,000. Wow. So the not prospering part really kind of came true, didn't it? it? It did. It's a very small town. There's not a single stoplight. There's one gas station. It's very, very small. So what what would you say is like the reason that they're not sort of growing and expanding? Um, I really just think that you have two towns on either side. You have Dundee, which is um, very much a wine tourist, more wealthy town that attracts a lot of visitors. And then on the other side, you have McMinnville and that has all of the stores that has, you know, the Walmart, the Winco, the grocery stores, the restaurants, it has everything. So nobody really focused on expanding Lafayette. And even today, there's not a lot of expansion because you just go a town over. That That's crazy. So with his... I was going to say, so it's his mom with her like curse. Is that where now we say like she became the witch in the story? Yeah. It's probably what people said. Yes. I think that's where it came from is, you know, she was crying out and and cursing the town to burn down and, and all that. Um, But she wasn't actually a witch. Has the town actually burned down at all ever? The whole thing? There's been two major fires. There's been lots of little fires, but there's been two major fires since that time. Um, One of them wiped out almost the whole town. Um, And then another one burnt a substantial part. But, you know, people are still kind of worried that that third one is going to come. Yeah. Curses for three. Do you think that? If that third fire ever happens, do you think after that, do you think the town will prosper? Maybe? I am not sure. I don't know if it would be possible for the entire town to burn down unless there was like a huge natural disaster fire. Um, But I mean, we have a very small fire department. So... (laughs) You have to call a lot of people in if something major happened. But I know people are, at one point they were and kind of still are worried about arson and teenagers being dumb. 
So we've got our listener, uh, Doug, who would like to comment and say, Smokey Bear needs to visit and give you guys a lesson. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I don't know about Smokey Bear, but um, let me ask you this question. So many times with curses, people really think that there's something that can happen to sort of null the curse. Do you think that there's anything that can happen to reverse the curse? I think that if there was a, a curse that the town would have to burn down one more time or there'd be a signal maybe not the whole town but the main street i think would have to burn down because really it's um we have 99w or third street that runs through and there are shops on either side and that's it the rest of the town is houses so maybe if that main strip burnt down that might be possible okay I, I have this question for you too so many times when there's something like this in in towns or cities the township will sometimes use this curse or use this story to bring in tourism do you believe that's maybe something that's happening in lafayette i don't think that they really push that aspect i think maybe the most touristy aspect that is pushed is the the pioneer cemetery um at one point there was a couple museums uh, like two museum buildings that existed but they ran out of money and they just sold them so we don't wow. have that anymore wow that's rare for museums to run out of money what's yeah. going on with that cemetery yeah so um it is very active. A couple people believe that either Anna or another lady haunt this cemetery, but neither of those women are buried there. So nobody's really sure who it is. Um, Lafayette has three cemeteries. Um, one of them is the Masonic Cemetery, and that's actually where Richard is buried. He is in an unmarked grave, though, so you nobody knows where he's buried. But David, the man that Richard killed, is also buried in that cemetery, and you can visit his grave and see his headstone and everything. Um, but the one that's the most active is on the other side of the town, and that's the Pioneer Cemetery. Um, the main thing that people experience is they'll see a woman um, an apparition of a woman that either just stands behind gravestones or she'll walk around. A paranormal investigative group came and actually captured an EVP of a woman, like very aggressively saying, run home. So you can look that up and actually listen to that EVP. Um, and then the other main thing that happens is scratches. So there are some blackberries there that if you're trying to walk around and look at the gravestones, um, you can get scratched, but they range from that where it could be something like, oh, maybe I brushed a blackberry while I was walking around to um, quite literally gashes on people's backs. Um, wow. They'll have three or four nail marks across the, their back. And there's actually been some people that have um, I, at least one person that has had marks so deep in their back that it has scarred. 
Now, usually, as far as I know, that usually happens with, like, a demonic presence, not necessarily, like, just a regular haunting. Wazi, do you happen to know what, what the difference could be between, like, a physical contact, contact like that versus, like, different severity of scratches? Um, yeah. They, yeah, they range between, um, like I said, people, they'll usually find it on their back, and it'll be, like, nail marks diagonally across their back, and it can be a very light scratch that could be just mistaken, like I said, for blackberries all the way up to something deep enough that it scars. So now do we know not to be like a skeptic, but do we know that they went in scratch less, you know, like, because by now, right, it would be tempting to be like, oh, look what just happened. Absolutely. When you walked in. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, and I, I think it's good to, to have um, a healthy level of skepticism because it's somebody could absolutely do that. And in the case that it were to be something that is paranormal or supernatural, um, to answer your question, Frank, you are looking, you can look at a demonic possession and definitely attribute it to that. But that sometimes could also depend on um, circumstances as well as the energy that's surrounding the place or the uh, the concept and and if there's enough negative thought or energy behind there enough to fuel that place that energy can be strong enough to actually inflict physical harm it doesn't necessarily have to be a demonic entity per se but enough it, it can mean any entity that can be fueled by that negativity it's surprising to me because I would imagine in a cemetery where, you know, people are being buried after they die, there's a lot of sort of, you know, priests and holy people walking through there and lots of prayers being said. So for me, at least it's surprising. Uh, Kay, do you know if by chance, like, anybody's ever tried to go in there and, and bless the grounds at all? I'm not aware if anyone has uh, attempted to do that. Um and I'm not sure that anything necessarily demonic exists there, but I do know that just because of how active it is and how well known it is, there are people that take Ouija boards and other Ooh. things there to play with them, which is scary. <laughs> do you know anybody personally that's taken a Ouija board up there? Um, when I was in high school, there was a group of friends who were going to take a Ouija board up there in the middle of the night on Halloween to play with it. And a couple of us were able to talk them out of it. Um, didn't think that that was a good idea, but I know that there are other people that have taken Ouija boards to the cemetery at night. Do we have a consensus on whether that's a good idea or a bad idea? I don't think there'd be a problem with it, personally. I hate it. You don't think you do it? <laughs> Trust that you're not down to take the Ouija board up there? I uh, I grew up in an evangelical home. They scare the shit out of me. I I, I don't know if that's founded or not, but it, they scare the shit out of me. How about you, uh, Kara? They probably wouldn't, but we played with them all the time at sleepovers and everything when I was little. But I just probably wouldn't is it still an active cemetery like are they still burying people no oh well that's important okay well the scariest story that i have about a ouija board is i had uh not people i personally knew but friends of friends were in the military and like a couple of guys who served together took a ouija board out to a campground 
and they knew each other because they were like best friends. I think there's like three dudes that took out this Ouija board and they were by the campfire doing the Ouija board. And um, it was saying all the secrets. And I think that there was some infidelity with the one guy or with the one friend. And so they fought over it because, you know, they all are doing the Ouija board, but not one of them actually believe that it's a real thing, right? They're all skeptical. So they decided to burn it as friends. So then they drove out of there, left the campground whenever they did, and then they went home, still accusing each other, pointing at each other of, like, who's telling the secrets or who's betraying who or whatever. And I don't know if this is because one of their wives wanted to mess with them or their girlfriends, but when they got home, they believed that the Ouija board they burned on the campsite was on their front doorstep when they got home to unpack. That's that's the, <laughs> listen. Even if that's somebody messing with them, that is the scariest it's thing a good that one. I've ever heard. But uh, I think <laughs> well, there are there are certain rules where if you do believe in Ouija boards and you believe in the power that they do hold, um, one of the things that they say for Ouija boards are at least a, a method of disposal disposal for them, or I say not to dispose them this way, is to burn them on a graveyard or a site of a graveyard now that doesn't necessarily have to be a graveyard in a literal sense it could have been that somebody died there and is actually buried there okay um an actual graveyard or so because what that does is that yeah you're burning the actual ouija board and you're trying to dispose of it but it's already a graveyard it already has so much energy there that if anything you burning it you're just releasing it and setting it free and you're allowing that to also add to the fortitude of whatever energy is already there. So not so if you need to dispose of a Ouija board, burning is not a good idea. What is a good idea? <laughs> you can burn it. You just can't burn it on on a graveyard or a graveyard in the sense that it, where somebody has passed away. So you have to be real sure in that campground no one's dead or died there. All right. Well, so you're saying... Okay, so people are taking Ouija boards up there. There's some apparitions up there. People are getting scratched up there. Do you personally believe these things are happening, or are these just things that you've heard about maybe, like, secondhand, and then, you know, it's just part of your town's history at this point? Um, I, like I said, like to have a healthy of healthy level of skepticism with everything that I hear about and even I experience myself. I personally, I've gone up there a couple of times during the day when it's very bright outside and I have not experienced anything. Um, but I know some people who have, and I don't think that they would have a reason to lie, but at the same time, you know, we're young kids, so I don't know. But um, I do know that a lot of paranormal investigators have come, but again, with that, you know, they want views, they want attention. Um, so they'll, so they'll hype I, things it, up a little bit more than... Yeah. It's, it's hard to say, but I think in any cemetery, it would be very realistic to have paranormal activity, um, especially one that is so old. And um, there's, there's a lot of people in that graveyard, um, 
I mean, it was an old time. It was a rough time. Um, there's infants buried there. Um, so a lot, a lot of emotion would be, would be in that graveyard. So I'm not saying that it, everything has happened. Um, but I, I could easily see at least some of it being true. So when you, uh, when you maybe drive past it or walk past, it, do you ever get like the heebie-jeebies at all? <laughs> um, I I get kind of the heebie-jeebies when I'm walking into it a little bit. Um, most of the time, there's like this gate up there that's closed. It's just so you can't drive into it, but oh. you can still step into it. And having to step across that threshold and just seeing all of these gravestones that are so old and um, I don't know. I think the only place that really gets me emotionally is when I walk past the certain section that has all these tiny infant headstones that will just say, you know, like baby and last name. They didn't even get a name. You know, that, yeah, that's, that's hard. So we got a couple of comments here. Doug says that, uh, this is kind of unrelated to you, but he says there's an old theater in his hometown that was part of the underground railroad. Many claim that are haunted, like piano being played randomly haunted. That's pretty neat. Doug, we'd love to hear about that if you want to come on and talk about it. And then we've got a, a listener on YouTube called Io Walks says, I have a glass bottle, 110 year old, presented correctly to the superstitious. It becomes a tool. Wow. What is that about? No. A glass bottle. <laughs> We'd love to hear about. We'd love to hear more about that. Iowa walks. Feel free to uh, either let us know more here in the chat or call in, and then also let us know if you have any questions for Kay. Um, so, what else is going on in the town? So the cemetery is pretty crazy. Clearly, mm-hmm. there's some there. There's stuff going on there. I think that as far as cemeteries go, that's a, probably a bit more than some that we have out here. But then again, we have some pretty crazy ones out here. Anything else going on in that town that you think is notable? Yeah, so not specifically Lafayette, just because it is so small, but um, talking about the neighboring town, McMinnville, which I mentioned earlier, and I think somebody in the chat mentioned an old theater that is haunted. I think they might be talking about the Mac Theater, which they're actually um, in the process of um, renovating, and they're going to reopen it. It's a really old, really cool theater on Main Street in McMinnville. Um, but there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens in McMinnville. So, um, it's home of one of the McMinnimans restaurant and hotels. The hotel is supposedly haunted and it was also the site of a UFO sighting. Um, I'm not sure what year, I don't know a lot of information about it, but it exploded into one of the largest UFO festivals in the United States. It happens every year in May there. It's a whole like Thursday through Sunday event. There's There's a parade, people dress up, people dress their dogs up. It's huge. What's it called? Do you know? I love this. It's just the, it's called the McMinnville UFO Festival. So what's the story like uh, with that UFO? Do you know the, the original story behind it? I don't know much around the original story. I could probably look it up and, and find more out about it. But I know that there was a guy staying in one of the rooms and he was looking out the window 
and looked up into the sky in the distance and saw a UFO and it just exploded. People went crazy with it and now it's a whole event every single year. There are a lot of UFOs in your part of the country. Um, just okay. speaking in generalities, there's a there's a really great organization. I know Tressa knows about MUFON. They've got a really big presence in the Pacific Northwest. And there's, for some reason, that part of the country, even though there's, you know, debatably less of a population than some of the other metropolitan areas, there's a mm-hmm. lot of activity up there with UFOs. Um, there's a lot to get lost in all those woods and stuff. You got Bigfoot, you got everything up there. Yeah. <laughs> What's really scary is you guys got a lot of national parks up there and people mm-hmm. just tend to go missing like experienced campers that, you know, are survivalists just go missing in situations where, you know, they've been in before and like things happen where they should be okay and, and they're not. In fact, there's a, if you're interested or if any of the listeners are interested, there's a really good uh, documentary on Amazon Prime Video that talks about the missing persons 411 in the Pacific, Pacific Northwest. Really great. But, uh, you know, there's been all kinds of theories from people just wanting to disappear to UFO type stuff. And the UFO type stuff is always very interesting, Uh, especially right now, because we live in a time in history where some of this stuff is actually being. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Disclosed. (laughs) Right. Right. Tressa, what's the most you what what recently have you heard any disclosure about? Have you heard anything recently? Because I know they're they're going through like a big disclosure right now. Yeah, I know they went through and announced they were going to put more money into disclosing and like having a full branch of the government to, I don't know, explore uh, more UFO sightings, I guess. I don't know. I I didn't look too deeply into it because it's always bullshit. It's just like. Oh it yeah, sounds like a big thing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 for people. It's it'll, it'll shut up people for a little bit, and nothing will come out of it, as it always does. Well, they were saying that the space force was to sort of prepare for maybe an alien war or something. But the way I see it, I like, wish <laughs> if that yeah, were we're true, not winning now. I was just gonna say, Carrie, you're absolutely right. If they've got the technology to come down here and visit us, if they made it here, are, they win. They absolutely yeah. win, you know. If they if they have the technology to even make it here, you know, they they definitely win from a technology standpoint. But uh, yeah, really, really w- wonderful stuff. It's so great that you guys have a UFO festival. Though we don't we don't really have that over here. I think it's just like I think that's so cool. Roswell is the only other town that I know would have something like that. Yeah, if you guys uh, look it up, there's a ton of information on it. And if you ever feel like making a trip out here in May. It's definitely an experience. <laughs> we could host a panel, you guys. Let's do it. Yeah, let's, that would let's actually be really. That would be. I'm so into it. I would be really good to go. I would. Be, I would. Wazi, are you down for a road trip? I think you muted yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If you guys want to take a trip out here, let There's me know. a fun run. Yeah. I will take you all around. <laughs> Well, I think we might have to take Emerson out of school for a little bit so he can help us document all of this. But uh, I'm sure he'll be re- ready and willing to skip out on, on just a little bit of school in May. Right? Just a little bit. It It is. Uh, that's busy time, so we'll have to see. But maybe. I think we could take him to Oregon. Well, there's so much, going, enjoy on. It. There's so much going on out there. I don't know. You know, I, 
recently I was looking up like the number one cities to live in in the United States and like Portland and Seattle are like really far up mm-hmm. there and Chicago is like really low on the list like we're like number 20 <laughs> we're, we're not doing so hot um Io Walk says would you visit aliens through SpaceX's Neuralink division all right if you make it all the way it's a high chance you won't come back well, Neuralink is still in beta, and Neuralink, as far as I know, doesn't have anything to do with SpaceX. If you guys are unfamiliar with Neuralink, it's uh, sort of a program that Elon Musk, uh, he has a company that's working on that, and that is physically putting in uh, a chip into your brain. And the idea is, you know, on paper at least, what, what they're saying about it is when they re- when they were talking about it is, they can upload firmware to you as a person and do things like, prevent you from committing crime if you've got like substance addiction they could prevent you from having cravings they could modify your behavior but then obviously there's like the scary ethical standpoint of like you could also create the perfect emotionalist soldiers which is nuts but at no point did i know that there was any correlation between that and spacex io walks if you have any more uh information on that we'd love to hear about it but i didn't know that Neuralink and spacex were related in fact spacex from what i was told is not so we can fight an intergalactic war but it's more of like we could keep weapons in space to fight each other down here like satellite stuff and you know all that all that beautiful stuff that breaks the geneva convention for one day when we're gonna need to have a war i think it's coming guys i don't know china's doing some crazy stuff now i don't like getting political but i'm scared you guys see that video i put in the chat maybe maybe not probably not I didn't watch the video. Yeah, I didn't watch Gonna, the video. No. <laughs> so basically, so yeah, like, so. I mean, we live in the United States. We don't need more pressure to be upset about more things. It's it's enough already. Yeah, it's crazy. Basically, to put it in a, in a really big nutshell, the banks just one day decided not to let people withdraw their money from, from the Chinese banks. And their whole huh. economy is sort of in jeopardy right now. But I don't want to really get into that. We're, we're here to talk about Lafayette. Is there anything else? So you've got the UFOs, you've got the cemetery. Maybe even not talking about the town itself, but maybe like you said, the, the surrounding areas. What else is going on? Um, so on the outskirts of McMinnville, we have a really cool campus. It's the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum campus. Um, everyone in the area kind of knows about it. Um, if you've ever heard of the Spruce Goose, it's the largest wooden plane ever built. That's kind of what McMinnville is known for. Um, so that campus, I actually went to school there for a little bit and um, worked there. They have a water park with a Boeing 747 on top of it that you can climb up and oh, slide awesome. out of. Oh. So my first job was um, as a lifeguard in the water park. And so we experienced a, a couple interesting things. Um, the police were called to the building in the middle of the night a couple of times um, because people were reporting teenagers running in the staircase on top of the building. There's a glass staircase that brings you up out of the building and into the side of the plane to be able to slide out of. And people were reporting um, kids and teenagers running around in the stairs in the middle of the night. So our manager would get a call from the police and, um, she'd rush over there and she's like, Nope, they'd clear the building. Nobody was in the building. Um, that happened a couple times. 
The police were also called to the building another time when it was closed during the day. Uh, there was a lady in a section we called H2O, and she was looking out of a window when the water park was closed. And again, they went in, there was no lady in the building. Um, so people were actually seeing people inside the building when they knew that it was closed and calling the police and the police hmm. were responding. Um, and then a personal experience that a couple of us had, um, there was lots of different experiences that people had, but um, one that really shook me and another person is, um, I can't remember exactly what we were doing in the park, but it was either a later night closing or an employee shift. Um, and there's a certain way that we cleared the plane and came down the two staircases to make sure that there was nobody up there. Um, so it'd be really difficult to have somebody hiding up there. And me and uh, one other guard were down at the bottom we thought everybody was out of the park. We were getting ready to finish up and, and clock out. And we just hear this piercing scream of a woman coming from the plane. And when you're in there, you can tell exactly when something is coming from the plane. Um, so we looked at each other. I was like, you have that staircase. I'll go this staircase because there's two that lead up. And we split up and we both sprinted up the stairs and came out of the uh, into the plane looking straight at each other. There was no one in the plane. And it is impossible for somebody to have been hiding up there. So that, that was one experience I had there that kind of really shook us up. <laughs> That's I was going to say, how scared were you saying, let's run up the stairs now, right, Ed? <laughs> Right. And it, it was kind of hard in the, in the moment to wrap our heads around what was going on, because when we hear that we're, you know, we're in lifeguard mode, somebody's injured. There's an emergency that we're responding to. It's 111 steps up to that airplane. It's like 10 or 11 flights of stairs that we're sprinting up to oh get God. to this person having some sort of an emergency and to pop out just panting on, you know, ready to respond to this, ready to help somebody. And you're looking at the other lifeguard and there's nobody there trying to get your brain to come out of that emergency. Like who needs my help? What, what am I responding to, to that realization of, both of us heard a scream. Both of us responded to it. We know for a fact that it was up here. It wasn't anywhere else in the park. Is really scary. So what do you do? Like, obviously you check. There's no one there. Do you make, like, a police report at that point? Or, like, I, I don't even know, like, how you go forward. We just went back down the stairs. We, we walked around a little bit. Um like calling down the slides to make sure that no, you know, nobody had snuck down the slides, but you'd be able to hear somebody. And um, at the end of the day, we make sure that everybody has gotten all the way to the bottom. We have cameras at the top in the plane. So we don't leave the plane until every single person has gone down. There's people at the bottom making sure that people don't go up. And then we would go down the staircases to clear them. So 
there was not anybody in the park at all. See, my first thought to anything like that is where are these, where are these spirits coming from? Like, did somebody die in the plane? Did somebody die in this park at some point? Do you know of any history of death in any of this, anything that was involved with that area? Good, Good question. Um, as far as I'm aware, nobody died um, during the construction of the park. I feel like we, we would have heard about that. Um, but I do know that there are some people buried on the property, um, some family members buried on the property. And um, the plane was used for a passenger plane for as a passenger plane for a little bit but towards the end it was just a a cargo plane Mm. so i mean somebody could have passed away it was a pretty old plane so it could have been used in in different ways i don't know but that um I feel like that whole campus is just kind of charged. It's full of a lot of um, war memorabilia. Um, there's a lot of stuff on that campus. And like I said, there there are a couple people buried there, but we were kind of wondering the same thing. If there, if there was something here, where would it be coming from and who would it be coming from? Right. That's a crazy like situation. It's a water park. That's right. crazy. I, I love have, it. I have two questions, and they're both mostly for my curiosity. Number one, the scream that you heard. Where would the age be of the person that was screaming? Because, like, you know, a really elderly person screaming would probably sound a lot different from, like, a little girl screaming. Where would you gauge, if you had a guess? I'd gauge a young woman. So we're talking, like, 20s, 30s? Yeah, probably, like, 20s, 30s. Hmm. Okay. And then um, I also was thinking about this scenario in my head, but like, so the plane itself up mm-hmm. on the top of the, the water park, how does the roof look? Is it like an enclosed plane? So like when you search it, would no. you like be walking through aisles or is it like open and it's sort of like that? It's sitting on top of the roof and there's enclosed staircases that come up. And then the plane, the slides come out of the plane, are enclosed, and and go back into the building. It's it's just surreal to me to, to sort of imagine it because I want to know who who was like, man, you know what we should do with this plane? Put some slides coming out of it, <laughs> let the kids slide yeah. out of it. Like I'm not sure if you're able to see this, but that's oh, what the building okay. looks like. Yeah, yeah, we see. Oh, it how cool! Good enough. That's crazy. Yeah. So the staircases are right here. And the plane, uh, you can kind of see, they're painted white, but the two slides, there's two on each side are right there. So that's that's where people were seeing um, the kids running and were calling the police. Yeah, that uh, dri- if I was driving on the expressway and I saw that, I'd, I'd be curious to see what that structure is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was actually looking into that. Um, I don't know if you guys saw in the uh, in the Discord, uh, by the way, we have a Discord, join it. Um, we have a certain section where we can discuss topic ideas. There's a pyramid in Memphis that I never knew about, like a man-made thing. And if you're driving the, down the expressway in Memphis, you could pass it up and like, what's this pyramid? It turns out it's a Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> oh. But there's a lot of cool stuff with that too. Like 
for some reason, when they built it, they they built it with a skull at the very top of it, and no one knows why that skull is there. It's like a real skull? No, it's like a like a fabricated skull, but like it was built with a skull on the top of the pyramid, and that nutcase Alex Jones was like, "Oh, it's an Illuminati thing," and there's there's devil worshippers and blah 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 all this stuff, but it's like a Bass Pro Shop now. Like you can. There's, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of really crazy structures like that around the country, but this is definitely one of them. Um, but how many really cool places like that are there that you would drive by and be like, wow, what is that? Like out here, we have a theme park. Maybe I'm sure that people from Illinois might know. We also have a place called Dundee out by us. And Dundee, oh. Dundee, Illinois is home to Santa's Village. Now, if you're driving through the woods and you see Santa's Village, is that going to be a place that you're going to want to stop to? Which, by the way, is only open in the summertime. Like, what? <laughs> Wazi, are you aware of Santa's Village? Wazi? Yes, I am. Sorry, I was unmuting myself. Okay, um, cool. Yes, I am. The first time I heard about it, I did not believe it. I thought they were pulling my leg. Turns out, no, it's real. It, it just did not, like, the amount of places in Illinois that have either very similar names or just very out-of-pocket names just astound me. Um, one of my favorite ones is Sandwich, Illinois. Oh, yeah. Like, they have their own police department that's called the Sandwich Police Department. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but if the Sandwich Police Department came knocking at my door... I would not be able to take them seriously. Like, even if they have an, like a warrant for my arrest, I'm sorry, I, I can't take you seriously. You're the sandwich police. Do you belong sir, here? Do you belong in Subway? Which sir, one? Sir, I have not been to a Subway in years. Please right. go to the next door, please. I heard I'm sorry really that bad. my sandwich quota was not met. I will try my best. <laughs> Um, yeah, I heard Subway is really bad, but uh, we got about uh, about 10 minutes or so there, Kay. Is there anything else you want to touch on? And if there's anything left over, we can take it into another show a different day. I think there's only one more um, kind of story that I want to tell okay. um, that happened at the water park. And like I said previously, going into it with a healthy level of skepticism, but um, the person that was the main person telling me, um, I was very good friends with her. And when this happened, she was like white and sweating and really, really freaked out. And there were multiple other people that were with her when this happened. Um, but in the water park, we had a cafe and the cafe had a phone and the um, cafe manager would come in and see that there were multiple missed calls to the cafe phone um, in the middle of the night. And this okay. happened multiple times. And the weird thing was you had to know the direct line to the cafe number to be able to dial it. It was not a publicly known number. If you look up any number for the water park, you're going to get the main line and you have to go through all these steps to get um, this this number. Nobody knew this number. Um, so they kept finding missed calls in the middle of the night, even voicemails just of somebody breathing. 
Oh my god. That, okay, yeah. I'm done. So I don't care for that. I don't care for that. They were a little they were a little freaked out, but they thought this is just some stupid kid that you know found the number and thinks it's funny to be calling. So um my friend I don't mean to interrupt, but what type of breathing was it? Was it like a heavy breathing? Was it like a No, just like somebody holding the phone and just sitting there, relaxing, breathing. It wasn't intense. It wasn't scary. It was just so, like it had gone to voicemail and they were just hanging out on the phone. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. That actually made it worse. <laughs> so they thought it was just, you know, some teenagers just calling in the middle of the night. Um, so a couple of them were gathered around the phone. They're like, let's call the number back. So she calls the number back and it rings and rings and rings. And then somebody picks up the phone and it's a lady. And she said, who is this? How did you get this number? And they're like, this is the water park. Um, we got this number because you're calling us. You've been calling us every night in the middle of the, in the, middle of the night, three, four, five times. And the person just stopped and didn't really say anything. And she goes, that's impossible. You can't have been getting calls from this room. And they're like, who is this? And she goes, I'm the maid at the Smith estate. This is Michael King Smith's room. I'm done. Michael King Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Michael King Smith was the son of the man who developed the whole Evergreen estate. He was killed in a car accident and he had this idea for all of these buildings and was killed in a car accident. And so his dad, to continue on the legacy of his son, built all of these buildings. When he died, his room at the estate was sealed off and a maid only went in it once a month just to dust and take Shut care. up! That's, <laughs> Sorry. That's insane. So she just happened to be in the room cleaning for that once a month when the call was yep. made back. Yep. What are the odds? So obviously she was very shaken up. Um, the person at the water park was extremely shaken up. She was like white. She was so scared by that. So, yep, that's that's the story that I have from. Wow. Dang. How does he know to call the water park though in the middle of the night? I, people were joking that maybe he was just hungry. I don't know because he called the cafe. I gotta tell you, I think Wazi and I and probably you too, Kay. We 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 have the luxury of like living in a time we all do right now living in a time where like cell phones exist and everything is like very much transparent with like who's calling you i can't imagine how scary it must have been to live in a time before caller id like I, my parents still have the original emeritic caller it was ID terrifying box. frank it was terrifying <laughs> just you never knew who was on the other Bro. end like, we didn't know i remember in the 90s my parents made a big deal about star 69 like oh let me call back the number that just called me because that wasn't mm -hmm. a thing for a long time. And, you know, you got people like Nick, who's on the show. Nick was going to be here tonight, Kate, but he actually uh, felt unwell. But um, 
Nick, when he was growing up, he had a, a landline phone, like a rotary phone. And for whatever reason, his phone would ring at midnight every single day growing up. And he, he brushes it off like, oh, no big deal. But that's like the scariest shit you could ever nope. tell me. I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd be so terrified. I would unplug the phone every night. Mm -hmm. just so I wouldn't yeah, no, that's awful. I hate it. Oh my God. So true story. There is a movie out. Um, I went to see it with my best friend when we were in high school and it was about a killer. It's like a babysitter goes to like house sit and babysit this huge mansion in the woods. And the killer is trying to, I don't know, intimidate her. But he did that thing where he calls she says hello, and he just is breathing into the other line. And my best friend and I were in the theater watching this and just laughing at it because we thought it was so crazy. And, like, for the next, like, two years, if my, best, <laughs> if my best friend called me and I didn't pick up my phone, the voicemail would be him breathing for, like, three minutes. <laughs> so as funny as that is, when you tell me that this happened and to know that that's actually a real thing that somebody that some, that happens, like, that really freaks me out because we just do it, it for humor, but... Oh man, I, I have a I have a voicemail that I can send you guys, or I can put up in the group of him just breathing into a voicemail. But we've anyway, we've got uh, Io walks with another comment okay. saying, um, "Water parks are haunted. Everything theme park entertainment is haunted to the point of of a monopoly. Symbology can be used to carve the lines you follow in your mind." I think the word you're looking for, Io walks, is symbolism. <laughs> um, but Io walks, you're not wrong. There are paranormal things that are played up for the sake of tourism that's what the chupacabra is that's why the chupacabra exists if you look into that absolutely it's just tourism so people mm -hmm. will visit your town and get drunk at the bars but uh anyway i'm freaked out and i'm really, I'm really <laughs> happy because i love being freaked out a little bit uh katie have been a any, good time let's uh let's i'm gonna start closing it up and just for the sake of the ears of the the hosts here i'm not gonna play the closing music you can just uh, imagine the cl the closing music. What do we have for for, for uh, final thoughts tonight? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Anybody? Oh crap! I forgot to think about a final thought. I last week I said think of a final thought for next week. Totally <laughs> forgot all about that until now. So Wazi's mm -hmm. our resident expert on final thoughts. I know she's got a. Oh, final thought. I got one though. Okay. real quick, go real ahead. quick. Sorry, sorry. You're good. Final thought is really easy to get away with crime even though that one guy didn't a hundred years ago that's it you just have to not tell everybody about your anticipated crimes it's, you know it's so funny like the way courts used to work i was watching a documentary where they were talking about like paternity tests where it's like if you were taken to court for child support they basically look at the baby and look at the adults and be like, yeah, this looks like it could be your baby. Here's 18 years of child support order. Let's cut in half. You guys want one half? You can have the other. Oh, that's the Bible. Sorry. Oh. Oh. I, I love <laughs> DNA. Wazi, what do you got for us? I mean, you know, I usually would like to end it with some like a lovely sassy saying, but I would just say, you know, fortune favors the bold. And if by that you want to take that as breathing really heavily over the phone because you <laughs> Talk somebody and freak someone out. That's not necessarily what that means, but you know what? Teach their own. Um, yeah, don't. If you're going to do a crime and you want to get away with it, first thing is don't tell anybody. Don't have any post its out. You know, just basic stuff, killer 101 type of stuff, you know. Kara, what do you, what do you got? And do it a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> right. 
Right. That. Kara, is your uh, final thought, if you're going to commit a crime, do it 200 years ago? Is that, is that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> if there's anything you take away, do your crime 200 years ago. That's smart. That's really smart. I'm going to give my mm-hmm. final thought, which is uh, Lafayette, Oregon. I would give it out of 10. Four out of five for scariness. Four out of five, I don't want to visit there after hearing this. Uh, I probably still would, though, because I like I, I'm a skeptic, so I like being scared. Anybody will tell you this. I went to this this year. We're going to go to a haunted house, guys, if you want to go. Well, I went to the haunted house with Mick last yeah. year and I led the pack. I led the pack of everybody right into that haunted house. Which one? We well, have so many to choose from. We went to what the hell was it called? I don't remember. It was uh, in Franklin Park. No, no. It was like no, under, it was on Displains River Road. I, I don't remember what it was called, but it was on Displains River Road, and it was huge. We waited in line for like an hour, and then the haunted house itself was supposed to be like an hour, but we got through it in like forty-five minutes. Is that the thirteenth floor one? Oh yes, I think it was thirteenth floor. Yeah, I did the Christmas I one. Enjoy that one. Amazing. Okay, not that you're ever out here, but if you were, you'd be invited to the thirteenth floor with us and our crew. <laughs> we have the Fear PDX out here. Fear PDX. Mm-hmm. And they're usually, I, they usually do a haunt right around May. So if you come out in May. Nice. May is a big time. Yes, it is. <laughs> UFOs and P90X. That's so scary. I don't, <laughs> don't want to do that. All right, guys. To all the listeners, Doug, Steve, uh, Nick, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We'll see you all next week. We're going to have um, Mick produce the show and it's going to be the goat man's bridge in denton texas until next week have yourselves a wonderful night and we'll see you have a great night bye everybody bye Bye. Bye. okay okay we're off air thank you so much for coming on thank Uh, you